0: Hi, I'm Ellie, and I've spent the last 10 years hoovering up pretty much anything that promises me enlightenment or inner peace. I love the esoteric, the mystical, and most recently, the physical practices that bring me into altered states of consciousness and allow me to experience shifts in the way I feel. What I also love is to share these discoveries with others. So I thought it would be fun to put together a collection of some of my favorite practices and have experts in those fields explain these to you simply and coherently, so that you can decide which ones resonate with you. But let me give you one big clue. All roads lead back to home. And that feeling of bliss that you so deeply desire lives right inside of you. Well folks, I am so happy to bring you the wondrousness that is Brittany Eastman today. She is a storyteller, a map maker, a word weaver and a business innovator. And many of you already know and love Britt. But today's conversation is going to bring you something a little different. I'm sorry about the relatively crap sound. My microphone was broken and we had a few technical issues. But I'm hoping that the conversation is so epic that it doesn't matter. But I've been so looking forward to this chat. I like, can't believe it's taken this long to interview you. I literally had the same thought today. I was like, how are you not on my podcast? Like, how have we not done this? Yeah, but it's actually so good that we waited because now I have like so many more personal yes. insights. It won't be like a formal interview like I think it would have been if I'd done it ages ago. Thank God. (laughs) As I sit here with my boob out. (laughs) For
1: no reason. There was a baby on there. I didn't just whip it out. Full disclosure, I just got on here and
0: just whipped a boob out. (laughs) I would have been happy with that. You know I would have. Yes, I do. I wanted, like, I really wanted us to have a chat where we go deep into the brain of Brittany, but also because I'm so fascinated with your process, with the way Mm. your brain works, with your perspective. So I really want to like noodle into that. (laughs) If you can (laughs) navigate your way around there, (laughs) I will be impressed. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with a bit of context. Okay. So I've been Watching you for quite a while, and I know that a lot of people have watched, have watched this trajectory over the last few years, and like me, you've moved through several really different vehicles of expression, which is what I wanted yes. to say because it's not even different businesses; it's just different vehicles of expression. Yeah. you know, including DoTerra, including Human Design, both as a reader, and then you started your own school, yeah. and now business innovation so what was the thread if there is one like what do you see as the thread that's woven these together because I know that you will have been always led by your fascination so I'd love to hear what that looks like in your head I think it's just been
1: this desire to like really pull people back into their true nature and and lead like I've always just I've had a I find leadership fascinating desirable, satiating, like I just find it so rich. And also I just, I find it, I find it so thrilling. I find it thrilling because it just means that I can, I can change and it's leadership. Every time I change, I just get to like own it and be in it. And that's me leading. And it just feels like the most natural, easeful thing and that's always led me. And, you know, when I got into doTERRA, you know, I I learned a lot about the leadership of other people and all of that kind of stuff, for Mm -hmm. sure. You know, like those, those mechanics, those logistics of, of leading. Um, and then I recognized that the vehicle didn't quite feel coherent with the way and the what that I wanted to lead on. And so that morphed into human design. And then I found the same thing with that. I kind of went through my trajectory with it and I was like, oh, this isn't quite the thing that has me feeling the most free, the most free to lead in the way that I want. Um, And then business, well, that just felt like open season. You know, that just felt like, Mm -hmm. oh, I can do anything here. So I think that was the thing that really got me in business. And it's probably the reason I've stayed in that for the longest is because, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just—it's felt like the most free reign portal mm-hmm. for leadership.
0: Is it almost like as you, like as you move first, and whatever like catches your fascina- fascination and perspective, like as you you see yourself stepping into all these new realms of exploration, you can't help but follow them, and that is always going to be the place where you hold space yes. for others, and it just happens at this time to be business in the new paradigm. Yes. But who knows where that will go? 100%. 100%. That's it. That's
1: like the perfect articulation of that thing. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think business is it feels so free because I'm like, well that's interesting, and I just get to explore it and then I just get to like notice what I notice about it and to just develop my own perspective on it and just move and and change in any way that I want. And I can share that. And that's just enough. You know, that's just enough. That's me leading. That's me owning it. That's me being myself. That's me being potent. It's me being original and innovative and all of the things like it just, it feels so freeing
0: to do that. Okay. So pure curiosity here. So like the visual I see is like, you can't help but have the courage to always move first, look first, jump first, open the door first. And in the past I have felt for myself that that has at times felt like oh why do I always have to go first like <laughs> it can feel like a burden and I've had yeah. a lot of recurring dreams around that but now I've come into like a peace with myself where it's like I, I can't believe I'm so lucky that I get to jump first have you had yeah. like a relationship with that concept that you've yes. moved through
1: over the years <laughs>
0: yeah super similar trajectory like oh man like
1: why am why am I always the one that like goes through the ringer you know like <laughs> yeah. I'm going yeah. through the ringer trying to figure this out and trying to like figure out like how I work and how I relate to something and yeah I just feel willing to do it like I'm just I'm so willing to knock on the door open it and be like well shit that didn't work like I don't really want to be in through this door um yeah, I've definitely had like a little bit of a love-hate relationship with that in that it's like I become so obsessed with the thing that I'm exploring and this newness that I, I can't put it down. I can't stop. I can't not open the door. I can't not go go seeking and go learning. And then once I've done that and it doesn't work out the way I want it to or it doesn't feel as good as I wanted it to on the other side, I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I've done that thing again and yeah and I've really I have resented that in the past like 100% resented um I guess at times like how narrow my view can get on something like it can get so pointed like I get so obsessed on something and I have to know everything about it and that's the thing that kind of pushes me through the door like it's not even a conscious choice to walk through it it's just that I recognize that I've ended up doing that um, because of an obsession. Wow. And then wow. I think, does that, yeah, like I feel like you're having epiphanies.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking of your jinky's profile uh, and yes. how the sphere relating to your personal growth refers so much to like the energetics of mastery itself. Yeah. So like your relationship with your own fascination and where that leads you whereas mine is around the feeling of like having a, a noose around my neck or like the burden of other people's mm. welfare and that even being like quite an arrogant perspective so mm. i love how we look at we look at our similar trajectories and the lessons that are offered to us are so different
1: so different
0: yeah it's really interesting i feel like
1: i'm someone who's quite good at you know like really looking broadly and like taking in a really a vast range of perspectives and then kind of narrowing in on the one that I, I feel like is a truth code for me. And then once I've done that broad thing, <laughs> I've been such a champ at the broad thing, then I'm so obsessed and I'm so narrow minded about like the thing that I obsess over. And, and that's the kind of path that I go down. And yeah, that often leads to kind of going first leading the way, being willing to take risks because there is no other way because I'm so utterly fascinated by something that I like, I almost feel like I'm choiceless in it, <laughs> like I have to yeah, do it, yes. I have to go there, um, have to jump, have to leap. And now I feel like that's a real privilege. So I, whereas I, I used to see it as something to kind of, yeah, I've gone through the ringer and I'm a bit resentful, like everyone else is just waiting I drew the thing mm-hmm. and then they're just like
0: sucking mm-hmm. the juice out of it mm-hmm.
1: and i I felt like quite bitter and quite resentful mm-hmm. about it um mm-hmm. now I'm like I don't even care I don't mm-hmm. even care if it works or not because I'm going to learn something and that learning is like that's the nectar and so now I feel really like it's a real privilege to do it I feel really lucky that i I have the courage and I have the will and I have the means that if it doesn't work I'm okay
0: I've got a question this that exact concept of like the courage to take the risk do Mm. you think that's something that each one of us can build up and is actually like part of our human experience the willingness to take risks or do you think the willingness to take risks and go first is like an inbuilt part of your design and it's not necessarily the route for everybody i think both i think that we can develop a
1: capacity to to be willing I also think you just need to care enough like I don't have the will to go and run 20 kilometers every day because I don't care enough about the result (laughs) like I'm here nor there on the 20ks (laughs) but like being willing to fully express myself well I love the result that I get when I do that the feeling in my body is one of liberation it feels freeing but the way that the ripple effect of that is permission for other people and like, it's almost like osmotic courage for other people, you know, like they get courage because when, when they see it and they're like, wow, you really can do that. That's a result that I'm, I'm here for. I'm so here for that.
0: Yeah.
1: However, I will admit naturally I do find that easy. I, I do find, like it feels like a very, very natural state for me. Mm-hmm. Um, to just do the thing. I remember when I was 17, um, I had dropped out of school. I fucking love telling people I'm a high school dropout, by the way. I love telling people because <laughs> I'm like <laughs> the education system is stupid and I knew it when I was yeah. 16. So <laughs> it's like my biggest claim to fame. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure So when, <laughs> when I dropped out of school, I started a personal training business and I worked, I built a house and I worked out of my garage. Yeah. So I remember I had this client who was seven years older than me. So I was about 17 at the time. And I remember her saying like, oh yeah, I'm not really loving my job. And like, I'm just getting like a little bit fed up with, you know, all these things in my life. Like I don't love my car. Don't love where I'm working. And she was kind of just having this, like just a little bit of a complaint. And I remember even at the time, like I have had no life experience at this point, <laughs> like I'm 17, I'm personal training and it's, it's a beautiful portal personal training because people are exhausted and they kind of like you break down a lot of barriers when people are moving into this place of like they're so exhausted they don't care anymore and so you get a lot of like very deep insight into people. And um, she was just having this complaint about her life and I was like, but you're not doing anything, like you're not changing it, I don't understand this. I remember it being so inconceivable to me that someone could complain about something and not change it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, well, "Like, what, what, how are you complaining to me when you're not doing anything? And I said, oh, so what, like have you looked into like, getting a new car? And she was like, oh, nah." And I said, like, what about the job? Like what are you going to do on the job front? And she was like, oh, well, like, you know, the pay. And I was like, I'm sorry, but like I <laughs> – I don't understand. Like, I don't. This feels so mm-hmm. foreign to me to have like this thing that's just sticking out in your life that's not feeling good and just not doing anything. Like, I don't understand it. And so I do think that for me, it, it does. I feel like incredibly grateful for this like aspect of my
0: just design, design,
1: like my naturalness. Okay. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I just. It's so inbuilt. Yeah, I just have a will to go there. Like, whatever's hard, mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. And I think, like, my dad always used to say to me, so I was a sprinter, like, mm-hmm. quite competitively for a number of years. And my dad used to say to me, you know, the way to be better than other people is to train when you know that they won't be. On the day when it's raining, go train. On the day when it's bitter cold, go train. And I just. I just remember being like 11, 12 and having this memory in my head of like, be willing to go where other people aren't willing to go. And so I don't know whether it's like a conditioned part of me. I don't know whether it's like natural or it's a bit of both, but yeah, I think I'm always just like wherever other people aren't willing to go, go there. Cause you're going to reap the most beautiful rewards for doing so. So yeah, I think you can definitely learn how to have that courage, but I just, I think the biggest step to it all is will like just having the will to go there Mm
0: -hmm. and how ultimately if you reverse engineer that it's an attitude which is a choice like attitude is always a choice because even though you can you can acknowledge that you're terrified of moving into something you can still consciously decide to have a different attitude towards a growth edge for example we all yeah. have growth edges but we can decide how we decide how we relate to them and how we move through them
1: a hundred percent I always say to people I might like, be willing to be distinctly different immediately you know this is this is the yeah. way you move into new, new places all the time like however you've been doing it if you don't like the result you're getting be distinctly different about it and do it now and you know yeah. people say this thing all the time and I know we you know we, we do similar work in the world. What a privilege to do that <laughs> at the same time as you. I think that's the best yeah. ever. Um, but I see all the time, these conversations around people saying things like, oh, you know, growing a business has to take a long time. It has to take so long. And I see it all the time and it makes me so mad. I'm mm-hmm. like, I think that people say that. Because the time that elapses between people, when people recognize that something isn't working and when they choose to do it differently, I think that's so, it's so long. I'm like, you know, yes. that if just the refractory period between you moving differently, if you just shortened it to be immediate <laughs> upon immediate upon immediate, I'm like, can you imagine how much quicker you could grow a business? That's fascinating. that That's collapsing time, isn't it? Yeah. It's like literally this time that was there where people were fucking around (laughs) thinking Mm -hmm. about changing or like the exact tactic to change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Someone else has just changed anyway. Mm -hmm. Like we're literally, well, it's not even collapsing time. It's living in the moment and other people are expanding time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's a yes. choice for it to go longer. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, when I see people like, oh, I'm still in the building phase, I'm like, I'm fucking bored with you being in the building phase. Can you actually just like have a business already because
0: you've made a choice to do it immediately? This is a re- this is a good segue into the next question that I which I'm Marvellous. fascinated to know. Okay. Okay. So so we've talked about like you, like us, yes. like how we are, our embodiment, the kind of person that we are. Mm -hmm. So in your case, do you see, like, I want to know how you see yourself in relationship to your business. Do you see them as separate entities or do you, do you see your business as just one of your creative channels or do you see it as like a separate entity that has its own purpose and that you've partnered with it? Yeah, I think the latter, like, I think that, although you said the
1: second thing and I was like, oh, that sounds good. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> um so it's really interesting I don't consciously think about this that much anymore I remember really like working hard and like attentively on like building a relationship with my business when that was like really new to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't really think about it that much anymore but I do feel like I don't feel like I'm my business as an example, like it feels very separate to me and I'm relating to it. Like there's a relational quality between us. I think obviously there is, it has a lot of my characteristics because I'm the creator, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like ideas, you know, I think it was even you that was saying this to me the other day, like they don't happen. It's like they come from outside of us. Like Mm -hmm. we get these ideas from outside and then they come within. So it's like the business is the result of the idea that's come in from the outside. So it feels like it's separate to me. And of course, then I'm nurturing it and I'm tending to it. It's like it's like a garden I'm growing. And the more I pour into that, the more alive it becomes and the more textured it becomes. Um, yeah, does that make sense? I, I do think we're inextricably like we are inextricably linked. Like I think it's like, it's like we're we're siblings.
0: Yes. You know, like, yes. If that makes like make conjo- sense? I was going to say I'd actually written it down and then deleted it just for your your laughing purposes. Almost like a conjoined twin. Yes. This is. My, like do you know what I was about to say? The word twin, you? and
1: then I was like, "Is that weird?"
0: <laughs> no. Like literally, like something growing from you.
1: Yeah. It's like a it shedding tissue.
0: Like- <laughs> <you. laughs>
1: growing it's a, it's
0: no, a, a hernia is not a growth it's a hole oh, is it? isn't it is it a that hole? something folds oh, the opposite <laughs> 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 a hernia is like a hole which said you poke through yeah
1: i don't i don't like that one <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's the growth thing <laughs> i don't know what's like that? Uh, there's many diff- there are many <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of like a goiter like... <laughs> A goiter is something so specific. That's when, that's when your voice box gets really yeah. I was like, it's off your throat.
1: I know that much.
0: I never thought I'd be ch- chit chatting about the mechanics of a goiter. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast.
1: This is the kind of magic I bring to a podcast, okay. isn't it? <laughs> How many episodes of you said the word goiter on
0: the way, like the way that you're imagining it, like it's a part of you growing, it's like it shares your tissue. (laughs) Okay, but then this, this leads very nicely onto my next question, which was, okay, so your, do you see, like, do you take full responsibility for your own personal growth, and then see that as like funneling into your business so that your business is keeps being more and more more and more of an impeccable reflection of like the work that you've done on yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. I,
1: <clears throat> oh, God, why does my head go in so many different directions at the same time? <laughs> so the, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I, I think that I'm very responsible for my personal growth. However, I often believe that my business informs where I need to grow next. So something that I always say to people is like, if you're in business, you don't have to go looking for things to excavate because they will show up. Like they will just be there. They'll be very prominent. They will be ever present and you won't have to go seeking them. They'll just be like literally right in front of your eyeballs. All you have to do is open them. And so often I think, you know, and and I know we've spoken about this, like I I had a bit of a challenging start to the year in terms of business, um, like behind the scenes, there was, you know, I closed down my human design reader training school and and there were a few like issues that came with that. And that brought up so much for me. Like I was deeply, deeply hurt by some of the stuff that was happening and there it was, that was the next area I needed to grow in. Like my robustness in my decision-making, like my capacity to be very, um, flexible and, you know, I worked so hard on like building impenetrable boundaries and being really staunch in my boundaries. And that taught me, okay, but you're healed now with your boundaries. You know how to hold a boundary. And the lesson then was like, how can you now be fluid? How can you now not hold so tightly on the boundary that you become immovable? But how can you also just sit and receive and see where maybe that boundary is actually not a hundred percent correct? And that, you know, I didn't have to go and be like, right, I'm going to go read a book on flexibility. Like I'm going to go listen to a podcast on, you know, impenetrable boundaries. Like I didn't have to do that. It was it was showing up for me in my business of the places in my business that were hurting or that were leaking. And then I would be like, okay, I personally need to tend to that place within myself and therefore heal this aspect of my business. And so I think that business is a construct that we've been offered as, as a humanity for deep healing, for you know, like all of these things, like community service, like being in place of like real service. I mean real service, and I know you know what I mean when I say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm of this financial generation and circulation. Like we've been gifted business. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not an economical pursuit. It's not, it's not commerce, you know, it's this beautiful construct we've been gifted for growth, for evolution of humanity. And I, I really, I really feel that. So whilst yes, I'm very responsible for my own personal growth. I'm also like, Well, if I don't really know where to grow, I'll just wait for someone to poke a wound in my business, and then I'll I'll know.
0: I love that. So it's about just constantly remaining. And this is like a whole other conversation around generally navigating shadow or wounding. It's like you don't need to have a plan. You just wait, and you just remain hyper aware of exactly what's coming up, because what's coming up is your unique roadmap and it, it wants to be healed in that order for the most direct path to your higher evolution. Yeah. So I love that.
1: I was just going to go back to like that will and that courage thing. And like, I'm always really excited when I notice like a wound Or I notice like something that's coming up in my business where I'm like, oh, this is like deeply hurting. And I'm like, yes, like this is good because I can go there now. Like now I know I'm always extremely grateful when like something new has been illuminated for me to go to work on. I think that for me, that's always like, oh, here comes my next level. Like I get that. Like I'm built now. I'm, I'm built enough to handle the thing that's there so great this wouldn't show up if I wasn't so bloody fantastic I know I can just go all in on it and it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt doesn't mean it's not going to be hard but like I've got the tools so I know I can go fully into the thing that's hurting and I can fully face it I can like be really tender with myself in the process and then I know on the other side of that there's my next level like for me it's just such an amazing thing you know it's like such a such an initiation it's like hey new levels available but here's the door you need to go through and I'm like fucking great I'm ready (laughs) I'm so willing to go through that door
0: that's such a lush way of looking at it and I totally agree when you feel the the pinch but you know that there's going to be something big on the other side yeah and it can often be pretty instantaneous and I've got another question so excellent you said excellent so you said like <laughs> you said five minutes ago something like that around businesses here to help us evolve and it's so funny because there are various like central facets of business that are so obviously like what we are being asked to focus on like it's a means of relating to one another so it's just mm-hmm. the all the dynamics of relationships and then there's also money which yeah. is definitely one of the most fascinating and like one of the the creations that is most damaging and yet potentially most liberating for us Mm -hmm. as humans and so this idea of business serving as a means for us to examine where our wounds are and consciously up level and I was going to ask you about your relationship with money and I know that's been a really really interesting journey for you in the past and your relationship Mm. to money, I was interested to know the difference between in the past when like both of us would, we would try and make money and it was this like real effort where you're sort of walking towards it and trying to bring it in. And now it's so different for you. And I want to know how you're different and whether you have like a specific process where you consciously relate to your own money consciousness, if that makes sense. I
1: think, um, yeah, initially, You know, I was never under the um, illusion that I didn't have a money wound. Like, even when I had none, I was very aware that, like, this was a a growth experience for me. Like, I was always very, very aware of that. Um, You know, like I remember being 18, 19, reading books about money and, like, Mm -hmm. trying to understand it. Like, it was always a real fascination for me because I didn't really come from any money, but I'd I'd never had it before. Um, And I was trying so hard all the time. Like I was so aware of it so early in my life, like 17, 18, being super aware of this like higher purpose of money.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I really believed in it. But the belief, it's like it wasn't fully getting into my field and penetrating deep into myself where I shifted. It was like what I was pretending to think and feel about money was different to how I truly felt on the inside, which was that... Well, money is hard to come by. I do have to work really hard. And even when I work really hard, then it's still not coming. So there was so much efforting in the 3D, so much efforting. And then there was this almost like there was an incoherence between like what I was saying I thought about money and what I truly thought about money. And I think that's where the disconnect always was, was that I was not actually acting in a truly abundant way, Mm -hmm. even though I knew that that was the way, but I was like, I don't even, I don't know how to like shift it into my body. Like I don't know how to, how to deeply believe that. And so when I first started earning money, like proper money, where I was starting to like feel abundant, I could feel it because like my cells were shifting, like everything was changing and I was like, wow, like I'm working less and this is feeling more easeful and I noticed that like joy kind of bred joy which bred joy, which bred joy. And the more joy I felt and the more I radiated that out from like my field and my, the easier it became. And I was like, mind blown by this. I was like, oh my God, the whole, the key, the whole way along is actually to like, feel good. Ah, Like in its deepest simplicity, like it's actually just about feeling good. And I didn't take it much further than that for a while. And I really sat with that and enjoyed that new money, that new feeling of being like, you know, air quotes, like abundant. And the way that that felt then was like, I was, I had more. So I was buying nicer things. I was upgrading like my linen. I was upgrading just like all of the things in my life that were helping me feel more abundant. And then that had an end date as well because that soon stops feeling abundant. So when you've not had those things before, and then you start to have those things, that feels really abundant. And then when you have those things and that becomes a new normal, you're like, cool, I have all the stuff that I want and I could really go anywhere or do anything like what happens then. And the big shift for me was noticing that the next level abundance, the next level prosperity actually had nothing to do anything material it had nothing to do with you know reading a higher level books was actually that I just had so much more joy available to me that was that was the thing and that's what I feel now like it I could not even tell you how much money I earned last month like I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you how much I'm earning this month like I just I don't even give a shit anymore because I know it's there and I trust so deeply in the construct of money. And I know money feels like a game to me now. <laughs> um, I just feel like the more abundant I become, like I just, like bliss, like I'm just in bliss, mm. this state of bliss. It becomes more and more and more available to me in the more mundane moments. Like the more the, the more mundane the moment is, the more blissed out I feel. And it's so fascinating to me because I'm like, I could not care less about like the clothes in my cupboard, the linen I have, like it's become completely irrelevant now. It's money has become a game where I'm like, the bolder I am, the more courageous I am, the more expressive I am, the more me I become, more money I make. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a game. And so this, again, this like helps me double down on that courage piece, that will piece. Cause I'm like, cool. If I just double down on this, I want to see what happens on the other side. This is interesting to me. Um, Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like I'm not answering this a hundred percent, like with articulation and clarity, but it's this really interesting thing to me. I'm like I can warp reality. Like I can do whatever I
0: want. It's so clear and it's so interesting because it's, you. It's like you're speaking out of my my own brain. Obvs. Obviously, the, same, the brain. same. What did you call it the other day? <laughs> growing off the same lump. And growing off the same lump. And again, <laughs> it was that like lump of cosmic tissue. The goiter. We <laughs> share. Oh a... We share a cosmic goiter. Oh my god. What I'm hearing you say. Is almost like the more clear, the more, adv- the more advanced your own money consciousness becomes, or like the clearer. Like words float away, it stops being processed through the mind, and you start sensing it almost like a somatic emotional experience where it's like it's it's the the codings like surf their way to you on the backs of your own bliss. And so, and it's really hard to articulate that to people, and it's like, look. All I know I can just sense like the more I Yeah, make it make sense. I like soften my body into waves of bliss, the more the more money flows towards me. And I now see Mm -hmm. money as just a currency representation of energy or people moving towards me. So the more I refine and deepen into true service and into myself. And into just like the joy of life, then the more people walk towards me. And that's just represented in actual figures in my bank account.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting that like trajectory of like trying to, as I was like, I don't even know how to describe this because it it feels so alive in like in here. It's so hard to articulate. And I I feel like for me that the code is kind of the more I am a living embodiment of truth, Like truth in like the deepest sense of every time I say exactly what I want to say, I offer my work in the exact way that I want to offer it. I just am like, I just don't compromise on anything. Like I just don't ever deviate from myself. Like the more I just don't deviate from myself, the more that is recognized by my community as truth, even if they don't consciously know what it is that they're seeing or feeling or sensing, there's just this awareness around them that that feels right. That feels good. And then there's just like a magnetism and like, and then you just have this community and you think, how the fuck do I have a community? (laughs) Like, where did that come from? But it's like, The most like seductive, entrancing thing that people can witness is the embodiment of truth, whether it's their truth or not. It doesn't matter if it's theirs. It matters if it's mine because then they're attracted to me because like I'm 100% embodied. And it's just, it's so fascinating to me because I think the comment that I get the most from people is like, you're really triggering, but I can't not come towards you. And I'm like, sorry, and welcome (laughs) come in. (laughs) And so like the game for me is like, can I deepen my relationship with my own truth? Like, can I relate more deeply to the nuances of my own truth? And every time I crack a new code of like how I operate, I just have an expansion in money. And then I'm like, cool. And it's kind of just like a metric now where I'm like, how embodied am I? Like my skill set and my gifts and my genius didn't change. Like that's the bit that I want to tell people. It's not about learning more or getting more skills. (laughs) It's actually like stripping them away and just like dropping into your naturalness. And then when you do that, you become a deeper embodiment of truth. It ripples out to people. People feel it. You actually have a capacity to be magnetizing.
0: It's so important for people to hear this perspective because what you're basically saying is like the more uh, you can become like a beacon of truth with a capital T, whether it's mm-hmm. your truth or that whatever, this is your truth, uh, the more people turn towards you, the more literally heads turn and they're like, oh shit, like she's making me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And literally that turning towards you of energy is reflected in financial currency. And like, you can't fake that and you can't make it. It's literally, and that is, those are the mechanics of magnetism. And if you you always notice it first with people, you can feel it when people are like, hey, you're different. You're saying different things. I'm listening. And then like the financial uh, sort of manifestation of that if you have the courage to keep going with that, invariably follows. Which actually leads me to my next question, which I'm also fascinated. Okay, so at that exact point where we're playing in the quantum, we're playing with that, like, like diving deep into our truest, most like natural essence, which is basically deciding to stop compromising, going deep into like our true reflections and thoughts and creativity. And then there's that, okay, now how do I take that 5D deliciousness and how do I play in the 3D with regards to strategy or just formulation? So what I wanted to ask you was, like, you'll have a unique balance between those two. And I wanted to ask you if you notice if anything changes or any subtle energetic changes when you tip too much into one or the other like too much 3d like is it possible for you Brittany, at this point do you ever tip too far into the strategy or are you just so deliciously in the quantum that you don't need to play too much in the 3d if you know what i mean the 3d feels like it comes very
1: naturally to me and so i always start in the quantum like that's that's where that's where it begins And then I have to deduce it into something that is 3D. (laughs) So I think personally for me, like I think that's one, like an aspect of my genius is being able to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: something that, well, firstly, I get so much joy out of doing. Like I have this big quantum strategy that's like inexplicable and Mm -hmm. it's all swirly (laughs) in my body. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. I don't even know that I could articulate it to someone. I don't know what to do with it other than to just feel what that feels like to have that thought. And you know, when the thought is so deep and so rich that there are 758 steps and you're like, I don't even think that I understand what I'm understanding. (laughs) Like it becomes so (laughs) confusing in my mind, but I also get it. (laughs) Like it's so weird, but I'm like, okay, if I could see it in the 3d, how do how would I do that? And so it's always like, if I could take this nuance, this quantum thing, and I could inject it into this tiny aspect of my business, what would it be? Like how, how would I do that? And so it's always this, yeah, this journey of deduction, of literally getting it to pinball down from the quantum and like to slot into my business. Like that's a thing for me that feels so fun. Like that's so fun to me. That's like
0: Yes, that, the best part of yeah, the business poor, process. You know, that's it. it's, it's literally porn. <laughs> and woe betide anyone who interrupts you during that time. <laughs> Do right? not come in
1: during that time.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's no. So sexy. Yeah. Did you back in the day, like mm. in your earliest stages of business where it where everything felt like a struggle, did you used to like sit firmly in the 3d and try and like (laughs) force these things out like a constipated
1: so much you know
0: what i mean yeah like where it's just none of it's real you're like literally looking practically at the textbook of existing frameworks and being like maybe i could create a and then you're just literally taking sentences or ideas that are not even yours and trying to force them together
1: oh a hundred percent me that was me just all over 3d 3d in it (laughs) all day every day <laughs> wow but i also like one of the things that fucking riles me more than anything more than anything is self-proclaimed leaders who <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting getting angry now who will tell you like Nothing moves unless you do. Here is the strategy. Like here is the method. And they'll be like, well, how do you think you're going to create a business like that? And it is the greatest disconnection from people's quantum capacity ever. It fucking endlessly infuriates me. And I hear it all the time. I've been on the receiving end of it again and again and again. And all it taught me was that there's nothing special about me that I can't create anything, I have to use existing frameworks because I'm so useless on my own that I need someone else to tell me how to do something. To me, it is the greatest disservice we could do to people to be like here is an existing framework. That to me is hideous. I think mm-hmm. it is detrimental and I actually think it is like an insidious snake in the personal development coaching <gasps> business world. It's like yeah. it, it just so right. It reminds me of every broken woman, including myself, that has ever come into business and has been like, I don't feel worthy or good enough of having my dream life exist. Every woman that comes in because they've been taught and they've been manipulated and coerced to buy programs, experiences and courses, that tell them how to do it. Just, mm-hmm. it hurt, like it hurts my heart so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is why most people come into my business being like, I was drawn to like how ruthlessly and staunchly you would not tell me what to do. And I thought you were a real hard ass. And it took me so long to recognize that it's just all heart. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Cause I don't ever want to tell you how to do it. Cause I don't know because you have this magic that I can't understand you know it's
0: like people it's like people think i always like see it as a visual of people trying to like project outwards into the frameworks or into the job titles or the descriptions or the containers or whatever and they think that the framework itself is what holds the value all that like oh maybe I can be a this or maybe I can do that and it's like no it's you you're like the thing. you you're the thing and the, yeah. frame, f- f- <laughs> the framework <laughs> the framework is literally just like the temporary the temporary cupped hands you know that delivers it to the person like it's completely meaningless and you can you can be artistic (laughs) with it and you can you can create it so that it plays into the magic of of the essence that's coming through you like frameworks can be played with and made into such an art form and like something really delicious Mm, they're also a moment in time exactly they're just a a moment in time i wish people really grasped that But I think it's moving. I think there was a generation of us that sort of all did the like schools, let's say, Mm. and probably many of us who worked in doTERRA and other network marketing companies who were taught like here is the method and you are not really a a valid part of that.
1: (laughs) You're an appendage. Apply yourself to this method. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. you don't, like you. like Anyone can do this. Like here's a sheet and you just follow the steps. And I think a lot of us are like moving through our trauma of that. I'm really yeah. like a huge part of my community has that very specific trauma. And I know yours does too. Yeah. hundred
1: yeah, percent. I, I think one of the really big wounds, like with creative people, creative business owners is around that belief that the framework, the container, the method, the the program, the course is the thing that's great. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And what I will always tell people is like if you have this one idea and you think that's where the magic is, don't get into business because you're going to have to move and change every five seconds. And like if you don't trust your creativity to constantly make the new thing, it's going to be a hard slog. And I don't mean that in a, in a way to like deter people from business. I mean it in a way of like, and it's the same conversation around copying. And I know we talked about this the other day, like copying, taking, you know, specific language and like reusing it as your own, like all of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I will constantly remind myself of like, people can only keep up to this point, but I'm just going to keep on making stuff. So if, you can just keep on copying, but I'm always going to be ahead because I 100% trust in and back my creativity to just keep moving, keep yeah. moving, keep moving. Like you're a creator. So keep making stuff. And that's why I think when people are like stay in that creation process for so fucking long, when they're making something, and they're so perfectionistic about the thing. I'm like, yeah, but it's a moment in time. So it's going to take you a year to get this program out. And by the time it's out, it's done. It won't be current. It won't be current. You'll be sick of it. You'll be bored. Mm-hmm. You'll want to move. And yeah, you're like, so true. you know what I mean? Like you're putting yeah. all your eggs in this one basket, but you, that's not how creativity works. Like you have to be able to back yourself to keep Injecting your artistic flair into your work and and having it change and move. And yeah, I think having a very light hold on the things that you have and being like, cool, here's art, put it out. Here's art, put it out. Here's art, put it out. And just being willing to just like fire your art out, especially in the beginning and like have it be shit at times.
0: Yes. Like not every post has to be your
1: best post. Not every. Every episode has to be your best episode. Not every comment you make has to be profound. On every program has to be sellout
0: program. You you're know, so right. fire it out. Mm-hmm. And it won't, yeah, because at the, I think you're right at the beginning. It's like, I can only speak for my own process, but it was so many, all these creations pouring through and I, I learned how to be very light touched with them in terms of yeah. they feel really good now. And it's almost like the, the idea or the bubble comes down and then I like, ooh, look at the little current menu of frameworks that appeal to me, all that have also come through, mm. and matching them together, birthing it, yeah. and then almost like moving on to the next one and recognizing that that was a, had had a lifespan itself, totally. is designed to work with a specific fractal of people, and is a little income portal that will stay open for who knows how long. And then yeah. if I forget about it for too long, I'm like, oh, that needs to go. And oh, it's, oh my God, right? delete,
1: deleting things <laughs> yeah, off, like,
0: entire the pages off your website is like, it's so best. sexy. <laughs> it's so sexy. And even today I was like, oh, there's like one income portal that has generated me good income that I'm like, oh, but the fact I haven't thought about it for a while, mm. like I don't want to keep it open just because like it may suit some people as a framework. And this is the whole oh, thing of like yes. framework versus like essence.
1: Yeah, and I think also your community matures. And so when you're in the beginning and you're all fiery up, you know, like you're fired up and you like ready to live these like new ways and new, it's like you come with a really different energy when you settle into like your creativity and like your genius and, and your mastery and like your things, you become more mature and obviously there's a reflection in your community and those things that served those people Like maybe you don't want to serve those people anymore and that's okay. And again, it's like one of those things in business where like this is probably not politically correct, but I don't really give a shit about being inclusive. (laughs) You know, like I don't, I don't care about being for everyone. I don't care about Mm -hmm. having an offering for everyone and every, like, I just don't really care about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, oh, well, if there's nothing for you, there's 4 billion other (laughs) business innovations go and go and tune into those guys they need you in their fractal yes yeah
0: i love that that again thank you for segueing me into the next question which is around discernment and legacy Mm. so which are two of my most favorite like portals so for me like the field of legacy is this like a realm And it's not just about the the archetype of what legacy means and like timelessness and Mm -hmm. impact, but it's also your relationship to that field itself. And I feel like personally, I have grown into feeling worthy of legacy. Mm. And and then it brings me into sharper discernment of where I want to invest my energy, my gifts and who I want to work with, because it's a question of legacy Mm -hmm. and discernment. So what do those concepts mean to you at this time? Like, how do you see your relationship to legacy and discernment? What a spectacular question.
1: Yeah, I think legacy is definitely something that, you know, you grow up with this um, understanding of what legacy is. And I came from like a country area of Australia, like a super rural area in Australia. And the way that I was related to legacy is um, around like generational farming, you know, like you're passing on like the generational farm. But there's something about that, that I actually find really endearing and really rich around like, you know, like I'm here and I'm like tending to this thing that's being created by people in my lineage that I care about. And so, like, I like the essence of that, you know. I really like the deeper meaning of that. Like, whereas I'm not running a generational farm, <laughs> <laughs> she'd <should> be dry. <laughs> um, but I am of sorts. And I think about the essence and, like, the, the, the qualities that I'd like to have ripple through my lineage and whether that's like a family lineage or whether that's like a community lineage or a creative Mm -hmm. lineage, I really like the idea of like having an essence that is durable, like something that lasts. And so my relationship with that is very, very closely linked to embodiment. Like what am I like a walking embodiment of? And how could I, how could I create with that in mind? Like I want to be known for everything that I do is so considered and it's so like every single time I come up with a strategy, I think strategy and service are synonymous. You know, like when I strategize something, I want it to be so perfectly like directed at a particular person so that they feel so held and seen and deserving of being in that place. And like, they've really, like they know the precision that it's taken for them to feel that way in there. And I want that essence to ripple. Like everything I create is of this deep discernment, this deep articulation and precision, this deep, deep strategy that is all in the name of service like that to me if that's a legacy that could that could exist as a cloud around me that would be like job done you know job done and i think like as someone with daughters there's obviously like different aspects of legacy that that is there being a woman who is powerful and liberated and Yeah, I think someone capable of having a legacy. I like that. That is just, I like. I don't even have words for that. <laughs> you know, like I just don't even have words for that. Like an essence that would ripple through generations. Like my mom taught me, my my grandma taught me. You know, like I, that just is so rich to me. But I think in the sense of like business and community. Legacy is very, very closely related to embodiment, which is very, very closely related to service, which is very, very, very closely related to truth.
0: I mean, you are already, you have left already such a strong imprint, a legacy imprint on so many people. So like you you are already interacting with the field of legacy eye to eye. That's how I see your work is it's like... As you continue to rise and grow, um, you, it's like I see the field of legacy, like having chosen to partner with you in a more and more advanced way. And to me, legacy means is synonymous with impact and depth of impact. And I know there are hundreds of women, thousands of women, truly, who have been directly and permanently impacted by you. And your frequency and your words. And like, to me, that is legacy. It's like having actually created change in somebody so that their lives unfold differently because of something that came through you and your choice.
1: Thank you so so much
0: for saying that. It's almost like, it's like I really, really love the
1: way that you just like deduced that just then. And the way that it was coming out is like that, my naturalness alone is enough to ripple out and affect change in someone else it's
0: like it wouldn't be that if you weren't fully dedicated to coming back to a place of full truth like yeah you can't have a you cannot uh generate legacy unless you strip back everything and you really come back to who you really are that is the legacy piece isn't it Yes, and all of this stuff, in this
1: is deeply informative because I'm really learning about why things frustrate me right now. <laughs> so you know how we had a conversation about the, the Instagram bio <laughs> and I was basically like, tell me what to write. <laughs> I, I think the reason I find it so challenging is because sometimes I read it and I'm like, I coach seven-figure da-da-da-da-da, like, I do this and I leave a legacy of bold visionary and like to me it's just it's lip service and I feel it like i I'm so deeply deeply sensitive to the things that I hear and see and feel and sometimes I just feel it and I'm like I think that it sounds good I don't think that it's true, like your true desire for legacy. Like I don't think that's what it is. And it's like I don't know. I don't know like my elevator pitch. I don't know how I want to impact people. If if people could walk away from me feeling like I feel more safe to be who I am and have that be enough to give me the life that I'm, I'm truly desiring, that's just, that's fucking great. I don't care whether I create that through a business portal. I don't care whether I create it through Mm. a phone call with a girlfriend. I don't care whether I create it by having a play date at the playground with the mums. You know, sometimes I just have a good old chin wag to the guys at the farmer's market. Like I don't care where I'm having that impact. Yeah. I just, seeing people recognise that, that they that that their their beingness is enough
0: yeah
1: like that's just that's just it everything I create I think will be an iteration of how people do that
0: I see that as your cool talent I always have seen that as your cool talent is your you keep directing people back you get to choose you can be whoever you want to be you can do it however you want to do it's like I said to you when you we discussed this it's leading people out of their conditioning and into the vision of their heart, of their true selves. And right now you're doing that through the vehicle of business because you you can recognize that by expressing yourself through a portal of business, you can create prosperity. And mm-hmm. that just happens to be what fascinates you right now. But yeah. I'm so um, interested to see where your relentless pursuit of... <laughs> of like truth takes you because who knows like who knows where it's going to go which brings me to my next question (laughs) okay I don't know if I'm the only one but I feel like everybody has like a second career like a parallel (laughs) career that like you would be quite into that has nothing to do with this what would another career or job be that like would fill you with delight
1: (laughs) This literally just came into my head. So I read this earlier and I was like, far out. I was like, I can't see. I was literally having this conversation with Rory and he was like, I don't know because you don't like so many things. (laughs) Which is the next question. I was like, like, well, I find so many industries so fickle. Like I couldn't imagine myself being in them. I was Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't be in like fashion because I'd be like, oh, god, this is just (laughs) insufferable to me. But I literally, two things came to mind. Number one, I really feel like I could be a commentator. <laughs> I'd have to be, I'd have to be a sports commentator. It's like the only thing I know outside of what I do.
0: So being like, Ann Watkins plays the ball. Plays the ball yeah, like that. <laughs> or more like panel show. Or like, like, t- no, I feel like t- I could do those. panel
1: show. I don't think I'm like, I don't think I'm up in the box <laughs> commentator style but i i definitely think i could be a fucking
0: ripper panelist (laughs) i actually think you would be very so like deep diving into techniques and form and things like that yeah
1: like you know athletics is my athletics and netball my my sports i literally could just sit there and be like okay like
0: (laughs) here's what i'm seeing i really feel like i could do that i think i'd Mm -hmm. ask i'd ask some good questions (laughs) It's your perspective. It's just another way of expressing your perspective. It's true. It's what just, position it, did you play in that ball? By the way, centre. You would. Yes. No offence. I was still attack.
1: <laughs> and we're better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than
0: you. I'm <laughs> Just saying. Debatable. Debatable. Which is more important? The one who shoots the goals or the one who's in the middle? For the one who
1: gets player? it to them so they can yeah. shoot the goals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's confusing. Isn't it? We'll do a poll. We'll do a poll. (laughs) Do you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to whack it up there. Poll. What's more important? (laughs) Or if I could be a reclusive writer, i would do that too. Like I'm talking like cabin in the woods. Don't come fucking near me. (laughs) Let me just like spin out books. I don't know what they'd be on, but something great.
0: But do you think you would miss having the response like the feedback? can you can you be sons feedback
1: I don't know maybe I could I be could a reclusive not. writer <laughs> with an Instagram account
0: <laughs> Exactly <laughs> I know exactly because yeah. for me the feedback, like I need the feedback, and it's it's genuinely not an ego thing. It's maybe this that is the fourth Gemini line.
1: I was like Gemini, yeah, the fourth, fourth line. line, yeah,
0: the fourth line six because we're both four sixes, and it's like perspective feedback, perspective, perspective. Feedback. Tell me line. how great I am. <laughs> No, it's more like, what am I sensing? What do I see? And then it's like, need to disseminate into community.
1: What, yes. You know, it's the
0: constant dance from six to four, from six to it's four. It's actually
1: true. It's so true. Oh my gosh.
0: I was I was so
1: activated by this post that someone did the other day. And I said to her, I was like, I am like, I don't know who I am right now. Like this doesn't happen to me. I'm I'm pretty good at just being like, yeah, I don't agree. Whatever. Carry on. Like I don't need mm-hmm. people to agree with me. I don't really care. As long as I do, I feel pretty good. But I saw this post and I was like deeply upset. It was basically saying that there are no new original ideas in the world. And this like deeply upset me. (laughs) I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am anymore. And I saw so many people that I really like, I really admire and respect them in like the creative space and they were all sharing it. And I was like, I feel deeply hurt. Like wow. I feel like we need to have an open forum discussion <laughs> about I don't this. don't agree
0: with that. No, I well, I didn't
1: either, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I don't know why you don't agree with it, I feel. I feel like I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all knowing, no. I feel like I know. And I, I'm going to ask you if this is why. This is why it was for me. It took me a while to, to like, put my finger on this. But, like, one of my girlfriends, she had it. And I wasn't biting with anyone else because I was like, I need to figure out what I really feel about this. But I was like, I fucking disagree because it discounts the role of the quantum where any number of potentials can exist. That's exactly. That like, like, of course there are new things or new shit wouldn't happen. (laughs) Like, Like I just couldn't, like I couldn't fathom it couldn't fathom it and i was like well you know what there is all of these different streams of consciousness and if i get my my unique essence of who i am relating to something very specific in the quantum field where i can pull down a very very specific idea and me as who i am a very specific individual then offer it i'm like the relationship that me and that thing have together has never been done before so hang on do you agree do you with that? I was like, I feel like yes. I know why you think this. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I made this really bold statement to Rory. I was like, okay, I'm just going to like have my own opinion about this. <laughs> and that's just going to be enough. And he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not, but okay. <laughs> I lasted like two hours. And he's, he saw me on my phone. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. He's like, who are you messaging about the thing? <laughs> And I was like, I'm not doing that. It's like, you are. And I was like, fuck Who him. was it? <laughs> just a girlfriend. Of mine. <laughs> I don't want to say because she disagrees. <laughs> I ended up having a really good conversation with her and I was like, okay, but what about the quantum field? Like what about, and I basically explained the exact thing. And I was like, cause I just really disagree with this. I was like, maybe it's just rocking my very, like the foundation of my beliefs or maybe this statement is just not bringing into account this quantum thing and we ended or up both. having a good yeah or both ended up having a really good discussion about it she was like oh I just found it really soothing because I'm someone who like gets really caught up on like how can I be different well, that like this yep. felt like a relief for me to just like take that off like, the I'. Table. Don't mean-
0: It's interesting that like it annoyed you, but it comforted her. I know. (laughs) How dare
1: you? How dare you have an opinion that's differing than mine? But yeah, anyway, I lasted two hours not having feedback. So maybe the reclusive writer, maybe the panelist idea
0: is better. (laughs) That is such, I feel like we could do an entire podcast discussion about that because I have many strong opinions on that statement (laughs) and I'm with you. I don't, I don't agree with it at all. But I also think the reason it probably triggered you is because it triggers your, although on the one hand, we are all unique at the same time. There's like the ego death in there that like the fear of being extinguished.
1: Yeah, and but I was like, if- I really need to sit with this. I
0: was like, Is this me having a come to God moment? <laughs> yeah, but you do have those regular. Like, does anyone else think they're an alien and like, their like that skin is like not real and like what is the life about? Like, do you know what is quite so- often?
1: <laughs> I had. I have never had feedback like I had after that story where I was like, I literally was just sitting at my table and all of a sudden it was like I was taken over by another consciousness and it was just like you're in a simulation (laughs) none of this is real you're in a game like all you have to do like is (gasps) press the right combination on the controller and you're out
0: I was just like and did it feel so real felt so have you ever seen the movie inception no I don't dare
1: so it's like dreams within dreams within dreams and you just don't know what level of the dream you're on and I was like it's me and I like tripped out and I zoomed out so far that I was like what is the point of existence I just like my brain exploded the amount of times that this happens to me
0: (sighs) that like gives me a panic attack because it literally when that happens it reminds me of when I used to smoke skunk (laughs) and I would have like actual maybe I was like having one of those but yeah. I would literally have a moment of like such lucid clarity that it was it would like sh- uh, short my circuit. You yeah, see, that's why I don't I need would... it. I'm already doing right? it. <laughs> and so now when I get too, too cosmic, it yeah. reminds me of that. And I have like yeah. a, a physical response. Like right now my hands have got sweaty because of what yeah. you just said. It's made yes. me get sweaty.
1: Well, do you know what? It actually is really soothing to me because... I zoom out so far, I'm like, what's the point of existence? I'm like, oh, fuck it, this is all a game. I'm like, whatever, I may as well just like not pay my taxes and go to jail. Like whatever (laughs) I know, I actually know that. You're like, who cares? Yeah, I literally stopped caring about anything. And I'm like, oh, I could like win this game. (laughs) I could press the right controller buttons and I would
0: win. Okay, so you said said before, Rory said, you hate so many things. (laughs) I want to talk about pet hates. What are some really petty pet hates?
1: <laughs> there are just so many.
0: <laughs> I knew it. I knew that'd be like a
1: <laughs> There are so many. It's hard it's it's hard to narrow it down. I was literally again, I had this conversation with Rory and he was just like, Yeah, you've just you've got so many. He's like, just lead with one or two. Like don't go too far yeah. or people are gonna think you're crazy. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they're going to have any doubts at the end of this um so my number one pet hate is when people walk on the incorrect side when they're walking you mean like on an escalator or whatever on an escalator it it infuriates me daily i go walking along the coast i go running along the coast and Mm -hmm. like in australia i don't know what side what side do you drive on and walk on left yeah cool second left i was Mm -hmm. like i can't remember there for a second When I'm running and you are walking your dog on the right side of the road and people go, oh, sorry, like it was no big deal. And I'm like, well, you wouldn't have to be if you – I want to stab them because I'm like, you wouldn't have to be if you're on the right fucking side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so that Mm -hmm. annoys me. Yeah, mega one for me too. When people stop in front of you to chat
0: to someone and they don't think about the fact that you're fucking running behind them. (laughs) I was gonna ask you if slow, when you're walking, are you a fast walker in your day-to-day? I feel like you know that I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like why am I even bothering? Okay, so when you're just like purposefully walking, you know, even if it's not, you're not in a rush, but you have a pace, there's okay? A, yeah, And then a cadence. you come to someone who like stops in the middle of the pavement to read their text or check a map and they just stop. That makes me see red. Yeah, my favorite thing to do is excuse me. <laughs>
1: The sharp. and attitude i just want it to it's sharp but it's That's the fourth line oh man so funny yeah um okay I, so there's that 100%, okay. all of those okay, things so, okay the next thing i need all of the people who do this to reveal themselves to me because <laughs> you're dead to me okay so if you have hair that is longer than chin height Why are you running and exercising with it out? Why is why is your neck sweat on your hair?
0: (laughs) (laughs) These are just so ingenious. agree what the fuck are you doing allowing tendrils to form flattened against your slick neck i'm actually crying
1: like i run along and i see people doing it i'm just like how like is that not the most frustrating sticky feeling and then i just think you can't be someone i want to be friends with
0: (laughs) and then i never engage with them but also most people when they're running they're like endorphins you all of these happen while you're running
1: (laughs) everything happens while I'm running do you know what This is when all of the best things happen to me rage (laughs) ideas everything okay
0: oh god I feel sick
1: Uh, but honestly you are a psychopath and Mm -hmm. you need to make yourself known (laughs) 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 I'm going to remove you from
0: my close friends list <laughs> I've got another hair I've got a hair one which Good. so many people do what is when it? people you know when <laughs> Actually, you like run your hand through your ponytail mm. and then when you kind of clench and then you end up with a clump of your own hair yes people who just open their fist and they let drop it drop it. down regardless of where they are like if you're in your own house fine no but when you're not- in my <laughs> house when, yeah I know I was gonna like go into that when you're, like, in, my when you're house, in my house
1: this is someone very specific isn't it
0: and you know sometimes oh it happens God. like sometimes I'll be unconsciously and then I'm like oh shit There's like one or two hairs what am I and I actually get up and I go to the bin open the bin and I'm like embarrassed about it other people just let them fall willy-nilly on my sofa on my Who carpet
1: are these absolute delinquents
0: yeah, I know. So, and any anything to do with other people's hair, even even my own hair. If I see one of my own hairs in the shower tray, I get like squeamish about it. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've got like a phobia of. So the neck sweat hair thing is very triggering for me. I'm just like that's got to be uncomfortable.
1: And like if you're willing to be uncomfortable, that mm-hmm. uncomfortable and hot, for mm-hmm. the sake of looking like a champ on the coast, I just don't know about it. I'm also like, after a long, long time of playing sport, I'd I'd lose my mind. So I'm like, you're a crazy person. You're insane. Okay. So can I say one final thing? Because Rory needs a mention. (laughs) So you know when you're finishing off a delicious meal,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you've got a little bit left on your knife. He puts the knife inside his mouth (gasps) and like licks the knife. He's a knife licker. He's a knife licker. And it, well, it look oh like oh. It, it creeps me out because I'm like, how f- like it's a pointy end of this knife, right? Like I'm like, how far back is that going? I'm like, you to stab <laughs> your own throat. It oh. freaks me out every night. He waits for me to look
0: at him and then he does it. Oh my gosh. And it kills me. I mean, the knife licking Had he it. done that before you got married. Oh, no deal. Oh my god! I've got another one. This is this is literally one of my top people that eat yogurt. Okay, they've got their spoon. They plunge the spoon in, and then just before it reaches their mouth, they turn the spoon upside down and they take it off like this. I'm showing you where the the spoon is upside down and like slivers. Why are they doing curved side up? I don't think I know enough people that (laughs) eat (laughs) yogurt. But, but I imagine a really that that would for me and my family. Agree. yeah, that's yeah so fair, me and that's my family food. that's that's all people that bring food up to their mouth and then they decide, oh they'll start talking and they move oh. it away. Oh. So they get close oh. and they're like you ask them a question and they're like, oh, and then they take the food back out of their oh. mouth. Oh
1: gross, gross yeah, that's another you one. know the other one that's annoying, okay, final one, it's traffic related <laughs> When you're driving along and there's a turning lane, there's a specific lane for you to go into if you're turning. <laughs> Fucking use it.
0: <laughs> like
1: it's not there for people to walk in. It's there for you to move mm-hmm. into as to so as not to impede
0: on the traffic behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. okay. I've got yeah. a hair related question. Oh god. Excellent. Which we discussed before we press record. Yes. Okay. So we were talking about ugly phases yeah. and in my humble opinion, every single person goes through an ugly phase when they were younger, usually teenage years. And you're claiming that you never really went through one. Oh no,
1: it's not that I didn't go through one. It's that it probably wasn't, it's, it's probably not as bad as (laughs) mine as yours. (laughs) with with much love i mean this with so much love okay but can i tell well, you about my hair
0: yes tell me about your hair choices now, i don't know
1: if this trend took over in the uk or i think this is possibly just an australian thing there was there was a resurgence of the mullet oh but for what, girls, on men or women Yep. Yeah, no like Girls would leave, the, like, the bottom layers of their hair long and then the top layer would be quite short and it was essentially a mullet. So it was a very stylish gal that I went to school with. This was, how old was I here? I think I was in year eight or nine, so I must have been, like, 13, 14. So okay. this very stylish girl came to school. And I was like, oh, my God, she's so cool. And she had this mullet. And I was like, I don't know about the haircut. This is this is, this is not feeling right. <laughs> but she proceeded to pull it off. And then the trend okay. rippled through the school. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a low-key version of this. There's no such thing as a
0: low-key version of
1: that. So instead, <laughs> it's true. It's just fucking true. I've got to dig up a. I've got to dig up a photo. Oh god! So the layers, like her her top layers, like I'm talking about, like in her part, like mm-hmm. the center part of her head, the layers were like two centimeters, three centimeters long. But they were wow. short. <laughs> I probably went like trip, like double, triple. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm going little layers. I'm just gonna see how I feel about it. Turns out, I did not feel good. And I did it the day
0: before my school photos. Oh, no. Dire. But I'm trying to find... Oh, yeah, I found it. So <laughs> I, when I was like 13, 13, the worst time when you're just beginning to be interested in boys, and I was quite a late developer, so like, you know, I remember, I'll never forget this. I went to get a haircut with my mom in Austria in the local village, and the hairdresser was called Schinko. And I remember her saying, oh, let's give you, let's give you a restyle. And I had just like normal hair and she cut my hair short, but she, in her own words, she was like, let's make it a little bit mischievous. So she like styled it in such a way that when I went back to boarding school, I basically dyed the front bits blonde because I thought it would like make it look cool. And I ended up with this, like, massive, like these front bits that were very 90s. And my nickname was yes. McDonald's because I had like the golden M on the front. Oh, of it. I'm going to show you a picture now, obviously, the listeners, but I'm going to show I can't you. Wait. Oh, my God. I'm, okay. I'm ready. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> For me. For. Oh, this, this is it! This is the same. <laughs> but also, look what I've done in the next picture is I took the hairstyle and I flipped it to the side. That's my hair. And then the next picture is a picture of a that's you century That's the Buckingham Palace centry my yeah, user, just, isn't it? Look, I'm going to somehow figure out how to put a link to this in the notes. Support us! poor us! Although poor me, because it feels oh, like yours yeah, wouldn't really you know as what? bad.
1: Yeah, I was always a little bit nervous about all the trends. And so I was low-key on them. I'm not saying I did not have an ugly face. I definitely went through a little bit of an emo phase.
0: Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I went through Big a little time. bit of an emo phase. <clears throat> I had a lip spike. A what? I had a spike coming out of that? my lip. Oh, my God. I got my lip pierced, and I screwed a massive spike onto it. So, in my emo phase, I looked like that—the picture I showed you—with a massive spike coming out of my lip. Who are you? <laughs> I don't even know you. Oh, I have to find a picture of it.
1: This has been illuminating.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to explore all the facets of your brain, your brain, your hair your parallel career as a sports commentator. Yeah, sports commentator slash
1: panellist, reclusive writer with an Instagram account, (laughs) jog rage. Like the biggest jog rage. I feel like I'm going to have vulnerability hangover.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm happy for the people
1: to know all of this.
0: (laughs) Just beware if you're on the coast path and Brittany jogs past, is all I can say thank you so much it was such a pleasure and and there's so much amazing stuff on the horizon for you and i urge everybody to go follow brit on instagram for just incredible like free activations daily and i'm just like the biggest fan biggest fan both friend and biz likewise yeah (laughs) i fangirl you so hard i love it i love you i love you and until next time Yes, thank you so much.